ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाया So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. We'll be covering also the preface, introduction, and um, some of some of the. And we'll recover the preface, some of the introduction, and also we'll uh, be speaking on verse one as well. So Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Jaman asya yato nyavat itaras chatreshu abhigyasarat. Tene brahma hida ya adhikavaye muhyante yat suryaha. Tejavari mridam yata vinimayo yatras tri sargor mrisha. Dhamna svena sada nirasta kuhakam satya param dimahi. Wanna give it a shot? Anybody? Vasudevaya Janmarasya Yatonyavat Itaras Chateshu Abhigyasaran Dene Brahmahidya Ya Adikavaya Muhyanti Yat Suryaha Tejo varem redam yata vinimayo yatra chisar gomrasha. Dhamna svena sada nirastas kulakam satyam param dimahi. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Ramanasya yato nyavat itaras chatreshu abhigya swarat. Brahma hidai adhika yakaviye muhyantiyat suryaha. Tejo varmidam yata vinamayo yatra chisargam risha. Dhamna svena sadhanirasta kuhakam satyam param dhimahi. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya
जन्मन अस्यतो न्यावत इतरश्चत्रेश्वरात् तेने ब्राह्महिदयाधिकवये मुह्यन्ति यत्सूर्यः तेजो वाणिमृतं यता विनिमयो यत्र चिसार्गोमृषां धामना स्वेन सदा निरस्तकुहकं सत्यं परं दीमहि सो वर्ड फॉर वर्ड ओम ओ माय लॉर्ड नमः ऑफरिंग माय ओबेसेंसेस भागवते अनटू द पर्सनालिटी ऑफ गॉडहेड वासुदेवाय unto vasudeva the son of vasudev lord or lord shri krishna the primeval lord jamad janma adi creation sustenance and destruction asya of the manifested universes yataha from whom anvayat directly itarataha indirectly cha and artheshu purposes abhigya fully cognizant swarat fully independent tene imparted brahma the vedic knowledge shridha consciousness of the heart yaha one who adi kavaye unto the original created being mukhyanti or illusioned yet about whom surya ha great sages and demigods tejaha fire fire vari water mridam earth yatha as much as vinimayaha action and reaction yatra whereupon three sargaha the three modes of creation create uh, creation creative faculties amshrisha almost factual damna along with all transcendental paraphernalia swayna self sufficiently sada always nirasta negation by absence kuhakam illusion satyam truth param absolute 
Bhimahi. I do meditate upon. Translation. O my Lord, Shri Krishna, son of Vasudev, all, O all-pervading personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisances unto you. I meditate upon Lord Shri Krishna because he is the absolute truth and the primeval cause of all causes of the creation, sustenance, and destruction of the manifested universes. He is directly and indirectly conscious of all manifestations. And he is independent because there is no other cause beyond him. It is he only who first imparted Vedic knowledge unto the heart of Brahmaji, the original living being. And by him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion as one is bewildered by the illusory representations of water seen in fire or land seen on water. Only because of him do the material universes temporary manifested by the reactions of the three modes of, of nature appear factual, although they are unreal. I therefore meditate upon him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental bone, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate upon him, for he is the absolute truth. Oma jnana timurandasya jnana anjana shalakaya chakshunvitam yena tasmai shi guruve namaha. So we're going to cover some of the preface as well. This is, there are three verses that are actually the preface of the Bhagavatam, which is the first three verses. And they cover uh, what is essential in Vedic uh, Vaishnava philosophy, Sambandha, Abhideya, and Prayojana. So this verse is covering sambandha, which what is the essential <clears throat> core knowledge that one should understand. So as everybody has probably heard, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta, in 1921, he spoke on this verse extensively every single day for one month straight um, in Dhaka. When he they're opening their preaching center in Dhaka, they're opening a a whole new center there, and he spoke every single day. Now, <clears throat> it's that might seem quite amazing, but if you look at all the information that, that's contained in this verse, and if that might take uh, opening up some other, uh, some study books or some of the works of the Acharyas, you'll find that the uh, Acharyas, Vaishnava Acharyas have written very extensively on this verse. In fact, there is a book that compiles all the different commentaries by different acharyas on this verse, Vaishnava acharyas, and it's 500 pages explaining this one verse. So hopefully we won't just fly through it and just cover it in a few classes. Maybe we'll go for a, it'd be good to go over it for several classes because just considering the materials that we have available, there, there's Quite a lot to cover. Um, um, Mukundadat Prabhu spoke about it. He, uh, it's I I don't know if it's not published in ISKCON. It's all all uh, classical Vaishnavacharyas. 
It might not even be in English. It might be in Sanskrit. Um, and we have, I have, we have Banu Swami's translation of Vishnat Chakravati Thakur's commentary, and I think that's forty pages on this verse. Um, then you got Burijan Prabhu Study Guide, and um, there's so many other classes and stuff. There's actually a website called SrimadBhagavatamClass.com, and eighty percent of all the verses of the Bhagavatam. There is a recording of some ISKCON uh, guru or uh, um, some kind of knowledgeable scholar, devotee, uh, speaking on those verses. So if you ever, what do I speak on this verse? There's a, there's So for this verse, there's, I think, 20 classes. They have Prabhupada's classes and they have all different sannyasis. So one thing that stuck out right now as we were reading um, even by him, even the great sages and demigods are placed into illusion. And so in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna speaks about this. He says, Name vidu suragana prabhavam na maharshaya ahamadir hidevanam maharshinam sarvashraha. So na, 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 not me, na me, vidu, not me knowing, suragana, the demigods. Now one might say, okay, the demigods are understood to have some connection to the mode of passion. So what about the great sages? And he says, Name vidu suragana prabhavam namaharshaya. No, nor even the great sages. For I am their origin. And so, as it explained, but you can't know you can't have realization of the birth of your father because you came after. So they all come from Krishna. So you don't. They no maybe lose. That's one of the explanations. So let's look at the preface. Introduction itself is quite long. So just read the preface. We must know the present need of human society, and what is that need? Human society is no longer bounded by geographical limits to particular countries or communities. Human society is broader than in the Middle Ages, and the world tendency is toward one state or one human society. The ideals of spiritual communism, according to the Srimad Bhagavatam, are based more or less on the oneness of the entire society, nay, of the entire energy of living beings. The need is felt by great thinkers to make this a successful ideology. Srimad Bhagavatam will fill this need in human society. It begins, therefore, with an aphorism of, of Vedanta philosophy. Janmadadi asya yataha to establish the ideal of a common cause. Human society at the present moment is not in the darkness of oblivion. It has made rapid progress in the fields of material comforts, education, and economic development throughout the entire world. 
But there is a pinprick somewhere in the social body at large. And therefore, there are large-scale quarrels even over less important issues. There is a need of a clue as to how humanity can become one in peace, friendship, and prosperity with a common cause. Srimad Bhagavatam will fill this need, for it is a cultural presentation for the re-spiritualization of the entire human society. The Srimad Bhagavatam should also be introduced in the schools and colleges, for as recommended by the great student devotee, Prahlad Maharaj, in order to change the demonic face of society. Kumara acharet pragyo dharman bhagavataniha durlabam manusham janma tad atadruvam artadam. So Kumara is you know, young boy. Acharet, achar, practice, pragyo, intelligent, those who are intelligent should they practice at very young age. Bhagavat dharma. Iha, in this life. Dorlavam, because although human life is very rare, Manusham Janma, birth as a man, a human, Tad Artradruvam, and although it is in temporary, it is temporary, Artadam, it can give the greatest wealth. Continuing. Disparity in human society is due to lack of principles in a godless civilization. There is God, or the Almighty One, from whom everything emanates, by whom everything is maintained, and in whom everything is merged to rest. Material science has tried to find the ultimate source of creation very insufficiently, but it is a fact that there is one ultimate source of everything that be. This ultimate source is explained rationally and authoritatively in the beautiful Bhagavatam or Srimad Bhagavatam. The Srimad Bhagavatam is the, tra- is the transcendental science, not only for knowing the ultimate source of everything, but also for knowing our relationship with Him and our duty towards perfection of the human society on the basis of this perfect knowledge. It is a, it is powerful reading matter in the Sanskrit now, language and has now been rendered into English elaborately so that simply by carefully reading one will know God perfectly well. So much so that the reader will, will be sufficiently educated to defend himself from the onslaught of atheists. Over and above this, the reader will be able to convert others into to accepting God as a concrete principle. The Srimad Bhagavatam begins with the definition of the ultimate source. It is a bona fide commentary on the Vedanta Sutra by the same author, Srila Vyasadeva, and is gradually it develops into nine cantos up to the highest state of God realization. The only qualification one needs to study this great book of transcendental knowledge is to proceed step by step, cautiously, 
and not jump forward haphazardly with an, uh, as with an ordinary book. It should be gone through chapter by chapter, one after another. The reading matter is so arranged with the original Sanskrit text, English its English transliterations, synonyms, translations, and purports, so that one is sure to become a God-conscious soul at the end of finishing the first nine cantos. The tenth canto is distinct from the nine, first nine cantos because it deals directly with the transcendental activities of the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna. One will be unable to capture the effects of the canto without going through the first nine cantos. This book is complete in twelve cantos, each independent, but it is good for all to read them in small installments, one after another. I must admit my frailties in presenting Srimad Bhagavatam, but still I am hopeful for its good reception by the thinkers and leaders of society on the strength of the following statement of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Tadvad visargo janatag viplavo yasmin pratishlokam ibabhviti api nanman anasya yasho nikantiyach shirvanti gayanti nirgrhananti sadhava. Quote, on the other hand, that literature which is full of the descriptions of the transcendental glories of the name, fame, form, and pastimes of the unlimited Supreme Lord is a transcendental creation meant to bring about a revolution in the impious lives of, of a misdirected civilization. Such transcendental literature, even though irregularly composed, is heard, sung, and accepted by purified men who are thoroughly honest. Om Tat Sat. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. There, that's a little bit in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 17. So Om is the Lord. Actually, Om is... It's not impersonal. It is, it's understood to represent the Supreme Personality of Godhead. A-U-M. Uh, and so A, uh, there's three aspects. There's the internal energy, the external energy, and the, um, the internal energy, the external energy, including also the marginal potency and the, the Supreme Lord himself. These are addressed in the A'u. Mm. Those are one of, there's different, um, understandings of Om. But that's one of, one of them is actually, um, um, even Radharani is there. But it's, it is not the same as chanting Krishna's name because Krishna's name, when you chant Krishna's name, you're chanting with, uh, great affection. And it's, it is, um, considered there's what is called, I think, Gona Nam. I can't, there's two, there's different terms referring to names that are, that are imbued with affection. Like if you say God, you're not really denoting any like personal pastimes. You're not referring to Krishna and his dear associates. Krishna likes to be referred like, uh, Yashoda Nandana. He's like, oh, that that's, there's affection there. For example, when after Krishna went to Mathura and he killed Kamsa, 
Vasudev, he wanted to perform a yagya. And there was some animosity between uh, some of the associates of, like it was uh, Kamsa's father's uh, wife. And so there... They they didn't like that people said in Vrindavan that Krishna was a son of Yashoda. And Acharya's account that actually Krishna, uh, Nandamaraj did cut the umbilical cord, that there were two Krishnas born at the same time. But they didn't like, they were saying, no, Krishna is the son of Devaki, not the son of Yashoda. So they performed this yagya, they were performing this yagya, not, um, and they were told they have to invite everybody all around the world. They, they decided they didn't want to invite the, the people from Vrindavan. And so Nandamaraj was invited. He was the person deputed, uh, deputed to invite everyone. And so uh, Narada, he, he's a troublemaker. So the first thing he went to do is he went to Vrindavan and said, Hey, did you hear there's a yagya? Krishna's doing a yajna. Were you not invited? They said, "Of course we're invited." Where's where? I'm. He doesn't need to give us an invitation. We're his. We're his parents. We don't. We don't need a invite card. We just go there. The whole Vrindavan village left, and they were stopped at the gates of of Mathura. And they said, where's your invitation card? <laughs> and there was this debate going on. And Krishna was busy. He was actually in the yagya, you know, Shuklam Bharatham Vishnum Sashivarjam Chaturbhijam. They were performing the yagya, chanting all the mantras. And after, after killing them, yeah, yeah. And so, so it was decided, okay, you call Krishna, the two, Yashoda and Devaki, you call Krishna, and if we, um, if he is your son, he'll come. So the, the son will come when the mother calls him. So uh, Devaki was calling, Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And Krishna, he couldn't hear. They're chanting all the mantras. And he's sitting there. And then Madhya Shoda started saying, Kana, Kana, Kana. And she was calling with great affection. You know, no one can match her motherly affection. And Krishna immediately just dropped the the the, the ghee spoon. And he, he turned into a child-like form, like a baby. And he just started running out of the... Uh, uh, out of the gate, he had no clothes on. He just just turned into this little baby running to Mother Yashoda, and he ran. She's Kana Kana, and he's calling her also, and she she runs right into his, her lap. Yeah. Devaki, yeah. can't can't compete with Mother Yashoda's love. So it's Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So this Om is, is, is Lord Krishna says, Om Iti Aksharam. I am that transcendental Om. 
But it's not the, it is, um, I can't, there's gonanam. I can't remember the terms, but one term is referring to those names that, that are, like if you say, um, Paramatma. Paramatma, there's no, like, loving pastimes. There's no, like, you have some playing tag with Paramatma in Vrindavan or, so there's there's a reverence, but it's not imbued with affection. It's not it's different categories of names. So in one sense, we say, yeah, chanting the holy name of God, that's the that's the it's universal, and that's what's going to help everyone. But chanting names of God that are actually imbued with affection of His personal pastimes produce different results than chanting names of God that are just um, referring with with reverence and respect that exclude the deep aspects of his uh, lila, his persons and, and his pastimes. So I'm going to save the the introduction, the the forward introduction for the next speaker. And um, let's see if maybe cover some things that might not be covered in other classes. So we just read from Burijan Prabhu's study guide. This one has a short section on the first verse. This is uh, unveiling his lotus feet, which is a study of first to the first four cantos, uh, study guide by Burijan Prabhu. So he, he writes out the verse. The Bhagavatam's first three texts form a prelude to the book. The first text defines the absolute truth, so that's uh, Sambandha. The second describes the Bhagavatam and defines actual religion. And the third invites humanity to taste Bhagavatam's sweetness. In his introduction to the Srimad Bhagavatam, Srila Prabhupada immediately differentiates the absolute truth, which is, which is the goal of the Bhagavatam to describe from the common understanding of God. Quote, the conception of God and the conception of the absolute truth are not on the same level. The Srimad Bhagavatam hits on the target of the absolute truth. The conception of God indicates the controller, whereas the conception of the absolute truth indicates the Sanam Bonam, or the ultimate source of all energies. This first verse, then, is Srila Vyasadeva's definition and description of the absolute truth, that the substance from which nothing is different. That absolute truth is a person, the divine son of Vasudev and Devaki, known as Krishna, the supreme personality of God, and everything else, including the Brahma Jyoti, God's oneness aspect, emanates from him. So Bhagavatam starts off extremely clear right from the start. Krishna is the top. All others expand from him. And even great demigods like Brahma are, are bewildered by him. 
One can understand how Srila Prabhupada derived his translation of text 1 by examining the te- Sanskrit text word-for-word definitions and comparing them to the English translations. We a- analyzed the Bhagavatam's opening three texts by joining each Sanskrit phrase with its corresponding English phrase from Prabhupada's translation. Then we added explanation of, the, of those phrases mainly from Prabhupada's purports. But as this analysis is quite lengthy, we have placed it along with commentaries from two great Vaishnavacharyas, Sridhar Swami and Jiva Goswami, at the end of this chapter. By moving important material to later in the chapter, we hope to facilitate the reader's progress into the body of this book while still offering a serious student an opportunity to enter more deeply into Srila Prabhupada's presentation of the Bhagavatam's opening texts. So as we read, Prabhupada said this is the commentary on the Vedanta Sutra. And it's also a commentary on the Brahma Gayatri. It says the Vedas are uh, expansion of the Brahma Gayatri. But the Bhagavatam is the the commentary or explanation. So what does that mean? Expansion, like um, let's say Rupanuga goes to the, uh, the store and then you expand it. You say Rupanuga goes to the store with a bag in his hand. Rupanuga goes to the store with a bag in his hand and he, he, there's a wallet inside the bag. But it doesn't explain why is he going to the store. So the commentary means it's giving, there, there might be extending information, but it doesn't reveal like the purpose of it. So commentary means it's giving the purpose. So Rupanuga goes to the store with a bag in his hand, there's a wallet inside his bag, because he's hungry. Gotta get some vegetables to cook for Krishna. Other discussions on Bhagavatam 111. Bhagavatam comments on the Gayatri Mantra. After defining Krishna as the all-perfect, all-attractive personality of Godhead, the absolute truth, and the cause of all causes, Srila Prabhupada recommends that everyone surrender to him and become a great soul, a Mahatma. The topic of the twelfth paragraph of Srila Prabhupada's purport then deals, then shifts to deal with a challenge. Some Mayavadi scholars argue that the Srimad Bhagavatam was not compiled by Sri Vyasadeva. And some of them suggest that this book is a modern creation written by someone named Vopadeva. In order to refute such meaningless arguments, Srila Swami points out that there is reference to the, the Bhagavatam in many of the oldest Puranas. The verse shloka of the Bhagavatam begins with the Gayatri Mantra. So there, yeah, there's reference that there's a Bhagavat, this book called Bhagavatam, and the first book then, and in that reference it says this book starts uh, off referring to the Gayatri Mantra. Srila Prabhupada has referred here to Srila Swami's comments on Bhagavatam 111, which says, quote, this Purana is known as Srimad Bhagavatam, has 18,000 verses divided into 12 cantos. It begins with Gayatri. It describes the Hayagriva Brahma Vidya and narrates the sling of Vitrasura. End quote. 
In the rest of the 12th, par- 12th paragraph, Srila Prabhupada supports the authenticity of the Bhagavatam. I just remembered one point here. It's referring to Prabhupada's preface, how he says we should go uh, step by step by step. This is something that he speaks uh, a lot in the second canto. Um, and also he's repeating the instruction of Vishnat Chakravati Thakur. And so Srila Prabhupada says, if you're, if you're not li- yet liberated, so... Um, Let's raise your hand if you're not liberated yet. So if you're not yet liberated, then um, according to Srila Prabhupada's purport, and according to the same purport on that same verse by Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, um, it's not that, okay, Prabhupada is holding us back from the nectar. We have to focus on those pastimes, those that uh, sections of the literature that primarily deal with Krishna's dealings with this world, creation, subsidence, maintenance, avatars, instead of his internal pastime. And therefore, when Prabhupada spoke on, uh, at any place at any time, he did not tell many s- stories about Krishna. And it says that if we jump to the tenth canto, then we will take it cheaply. We'll see these nice quaint pastimes. Krishna has these nice girls. Maybe I should get some nice girls. But we will take it, even though we're Vaishnavas, we may take it very cheaply. We may see it as another Peter Pan, something just as an entertaining. And therefore, if we're not liberated, the preference is the the the, the knowledge that is available in the other nine cantos, or you know, 11th canto, 12th canto. Um, Practical philosophy to disentangle us from the material conception. Prabhupada says that doesn't mean we boycott the gopis. As soon as someone opens Krishna book, we cover our ears and we run away. No, we have to go through all of it. And we have to have some some understanding and some goal in mind. But as far as uh, a preference of reading, it says as long as we're still attached um, Vishnu Chakravati translates that verse, I think it is um, 2747, I have to check my notes. But he says, if one um, speaks about Maya in relationship with Krishna, meaning how does he, how does he manifest this world? How does he create it? How is, he, how is it maintained? How does he uh, come and... Um, save the world in different ways. If one speaks about, studies about maya in relationship with Krishna, then one will transcend maya. And so, we know that there's a, in, in uh, I think it was in Los Angeles, there was a group of devotees that got together and they decided to read uh, all the sections of not you know, books that they got from Loy Bazaar, translated by who knows what, you know, somebody who's just trying to make a buck. But Prabhupada's own words on the uh, on Vrindavan pastime, specifically Krishna's dealings with the gopis. Um, he's, these were Prabhupada's own books. They didn't, you know, nowadays you got a book translated 
Mukundadat Prabhu was here years ago. He said, devotees don't know what kind... A translator has to make decisions. He was sitting there in the front speaking with Guru Prasad Swami. And they were discussing this matter about books from Loy Bazaar that... They often just hire somebody who can, who knows some Sanskrit to translate an ancient book of the Goswamis. But the translator, there's sometimes uh, you have of that same work, you have different manuscripts, they're not exactly always the same. The translator has to be a decision maker. Therefore they have to be very, very elevated. Yeah, I'll just finish that point. Um, Nothing. Thank you, Brewer. So, um, everybody knows this name, the Gopi Baba Club. But if you examine it according to our current standards, it was quite innocent. It was just Prabhupada's books. The men would read separate, the women would read separate, and they would gather and they would just read um, sections of Chaitanya Charitamrita and Krishna book and Bhagavatam. That describe that Prabhupada, not maybe not Bhagavatam, because um, that Krish, that Prabhupada is describing Krishna's dealings with the gopis, and as we know, the Prabhupada was very very upset with this. And when they approached Prabhupada, they said, "But Prabhupada, we we have heard, we have read that if you uh, read these pastimes, you become purified." And Prabhupada's response was, no, you'll become putrefied. So therefore, in this in this preface of the book, he gives the same clear recommendation that a person studies um, thoroughly the first nine cantos. Um, it says that actually the, the result is that we should become completely God-conscious before we even hit the tenth canto, that's what it says. We become, we study the first nine cantos, then you become completely God conscious at the end. So hopefully, we want we want to take to come to that standard. So not that we boycott Krishna's pastimes, but we understand uh, what is a practically of most benefit for the living entity who is conditioned is the contents of the first nine cantos. According to not just Srila Prabhupada, it's not just Srila Prabhupada is holding us back from the fun. It's coming from the he's repeating the same message that is given by Vishnu Chakravati Thakur. Even if you consider um, Prabhupada's lectures here in Dallas and other places on the appearance day of various uh, personalities, spiritual masters and acharyas in our lineage. Hardly ever did Prabhupada speak uh, personal pastimes. He, uh, There was always a great time and energy was dealing with the philosophy, the philosophy of those personalities. Prabhupada once in Vrindavan he gave an, a class, in New Vrindavan he gave a class, I think it was on Bhakti Sananta Saraswati Thakur, that gave a lot of personal pastimes. But for some reason that, that recording didn't get, it, it, it got lost or didn't get recorded. But, that, but in most cases and uh, different appearance days and uh, holidays, Prabhupada always spoke 
on pertinent practical philosophy to get us out of illusion. He, and another point is given in Krishna book that the living Krishna's pastimes are attractive to, he points this out in the introduction of Krishna book, Krishna's pastimes are attractive to everyone, including the uh, uh, those who are completely in ignorance. They also enjoy hearing you know, somebody, some some fight or some romance. So our attraction to hearing these pastimes, we should not take that as, oh, I'm, I must be very elevated because I'm attracted. Because as Prabhupada explained, everyone is attracted. Therefore, we also have to uh, regularly disentangle ourselves by studying these first nine cantos and Bhagavad Gita. Because so continuing on with this this uh, uh, commentary by uh, Burijan Prabhu's study guide, in the Paramatma Sandarbha Anucheda 105, Srila Jeeva Goswami explains how the Bhagavatam's opening text comments on the Brahma, on the Gayatri Mantra. He shows correlations between the words in the Brahma Gayatri and the words in Bhagavatam's first text. For example, Srila Jeeva Goswami notes that Om. The initial syllable in the Brahma Gayatri is explained in the Bhagavatam as Janmad Asiyataha, which indicates that the absolute truth is the cause of creation, subsistence, and destruction of the manifested universes. Janma means the creation, and Adiyasya means and so and so on. The other two. Similarly, the Brahma Gayatri's words Bhur Bhuvaswaha denoting the lower, middle, and upper planetary systems are explained in the Bhagavatam's first text as Ratra Trisargo Mrisha. Words that also refer to the material universe as Trisargo. <clears throat> the next phrase in the Brahma Gayatri describing the self-sufficient effulgence, Savatur Varenyam Bhargaha, is contained in the Bhagavatam's word Swarat. Swarat refers to the Lord's full independence. Jiva Goswami then compares Brahma Gayatri's prayerful mood of enlightenment. Quote, May the Lord mercifully engage our thoughts in meditation on Him. End quote. And to the words Tene Brahma Shridha, meaning that the Lord enlightens them. Lightens Brahma because of Brahma's powerful prayer mood. Srila Jiva also says that Vyasa's words, Satyam Param Dhimahi, I meditate on the absolute truth at both the beginning and the end of the Bhagavatam. This is also in the last chapter that we read, in chapter 13 of the 12th Canto indicate that the Bhagavatam's ultimate objective is meditation on Krishna because he is the absolute truth. The, the Brahma Gayatri mantra also uses the word dhimahi to indicate the goal of chanting the mantra as the same as the goal of the Bhagavatam, meditation on Krishna, the absolute truth. 
Lord Chaitanya says, quote, In the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, there's an explanation of the Brahma Gayatri Mantra. The absolute truth, Satyam Param, indicates the relationship. And we meditate, Dimahi, on Him. Indicates the execution of devotional service and the ultimate goal of life. Madhya Leela, chapter 25, 147. Okay, we're going to read another meaning, offered other meaning, two other meanings, um, offered by Jiva Goswami. So Jiva Goswami, this is another, uh, two other meanings. One of them, of, of the whole verse, the first verse, is that it's pointing to, this verse is pointing to Sri Krishna's leelas. The first text has unlimited meanings. Srila Bhaktisaranta Sarasati Thakur spoke on it in Dhaka, now Bangladesh, each day for three months. Here is one other translation compiled from information in Srila Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandharva Anucheda uh, 82. And so here, here the word for word is different, different translations. So we hope you hear that he translates the word janma as after taking birth. Adeyasya, the Supreme Lord, who eternally remains in three abodes, Mathura, Dwarka, and Gokula. Adi means beginning with, and Asya means like beginning with, and so are followed by, starting with and followed by. So it, it usually refers to a, a, a kind of like a a, a list. Yataha, when, Anvayat, because of his being, being Nanda's son, due to his connection or family relation, he thus went elsewhere to Nanda's home because of his filial relationship with Nanda. Itarataha, to another place, i.e., the home of Nanda Maharaj. Cha Artiteshu Abhigya. Knowing his purpose, quote, he, uh, in brackets, he knows why he is being carried to Vraj to deceive Kamsa and to perform pastimes with his intimate devotees of Vraj, Swarat, sh- one who shines with his own, with, with his, with his, the Brajbasis, the, reg- the residents of Gokul. Let us meditate on the original personality who after just taking his birth in the prison house in Mathura, wished to go live with his intimate devotees in Gokula. And he inspired it and inspired his father to take him to that place. So you see, this is look at this translation, it's drastically different of the same verse. Tene Brahma, he expanded his own glory. Tene is expanding glory, Brahma, which consists which consists of a form of rasa that is pure truth, knowledge, and limitless bliss. Hridaya, by his own mere desire or determination, Adi Kavaye, Lord Brahma, Mukhyanti, became bewildered. Big quote in brackets says, as becoming helpless due to an arising of abundance of prema. Yet Suryaha, because of 
for the purpose of his pastimes with the Brajvasi. So here's the translation of that next line. He expanded by his thinking power into many cows and boys, building great personalities. Not only Brahma was Brahma, a demigod bewildered, but even Baladev was bewildered. So we understand that Baladev did he he used his uh, he did not understand the uh, the uh, stealing of cow the cows and the cowherd boys that he did not know that that uh, Lila was taking place by his omniscience he he understood by his uh, great detective skills he understood that when he saw that the cowherd men and the cows behaving in an extreme and affection extremely affectionate way but it wasn't because he it was by his omniscience that was even covered over by the potency of Sri krishna tejo effulgence vadi water midam earth yatavinimayo exchanged and transformed yatra in whom by krishna shri sargo three abodes vrindavan mathura and dwarka are manifested in shri krishna and therefore Armisha are not false but real. So the next sentence. The Lord next section. The Lord created this is a translation. The Lord created pastimes in three places, Vrindavan, Mathura, and Dwarka. His wonderful pastimes and cha- changed the inherent nature of things. The moon lost its effulgence when Krishna played his flute. And the Yamuna became solid while rocks melted. This is the next section of the verse. All the places of Krishna's pastimes are free from illusion. Param Satyam Govinda is called Satya Dimihi, I meditate. All the places of Krishna's pastimes are free from Maya, illusion. Because illusion cannot approach these holy abodes, are dhamas. Actually, the word English word domicile comes from this word dhamma, which means home. I therefore meditate on the supreme Lord. I therefore meditate on Him, Lord Sri Krishna, who is eternally existent in the transcendental abode, which is forever free from the illusory representations of the material world. I meditate on him because he, for he is the absolute truth. Okay, then we'll read. This is Jiva Goswami's uh, second explanation of the first verse of the Bhagavatam. He says the second explanation is that it indicates the sec, second of an additional explanation. It was original, the primary, then he has a, a secondary, and this is the out of that secondary. There's one and two, and so he says this is pointing to Sri Sri Radha Krishna's sweetness. In the Krishna Sandarbha Anucheda 189, Sri Jiva Goswami states, commenting on the Bhagavatam 111, that the first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam is intended to describe not only the opulence and glories of Shishirad and Krishna, but their transcendental sweetness. 
The words Yeton Yavad means, quote, the Lord who was attached to Shumata Radharani, his and his transcendental pleasure potency. The word Itarataha means, quote, his eternal companion, Srimati Radharani. The word Yataha means from whom? Adyasya means the mellow of Madhurya Rasa, conjugal love. Maybe that's it's also known as Adirati, maybe that's how. And Janma means manifestation. Together these words mean that Sri, Sri Radha and Krishna are the transcendental abode of this science of Madhurya Ras. The next, the transcendental sweetness of their wonderful pastimes is described. Charteshu means in many pastimes, Abhigya means expert. The word Swarat means by his own self possessing such qualities, he shines with great splendor thinking that their mercy alone was what was required to be able to describe the divine couple. Vyasadev spoke the words, Adi Kabaye, to me Vyasadev. Thus Vyasadev now begins to describe their pastimes. Shida means through the heart. Brahma means spiritual words that describe their pastimes. And Yateni means who in the beginning revealed the entire Purana in my heart. The word Yad means about whom? Surya, even an Antashesha and those like him, Muhyanti, are unable to begin to understand or describe her astonishing virtues and beauty. Vyasadev thinks, quote, if Srimati Radharani is not merciful to me, then even I have lost, I have if not mercifully, then even if I have Lord Madhava's mercy, I shall not be able to understand her pastimes, such as the one that begins with this verse. The gopis began to follow the footprints, and shortly they saw another set of footprints beside them, and immediately became very sorry. That's the verse he's referring to. This, the phrase, Tejo Varim Yata Vinimayo, also describes Shishi Radha Krishna's pastimes. These words refer to Lord Krishna playing on his, playing his flute, on hearing the sound of his flute. All in, inanimate objects in Vrindavan became overwhelmed with transcendental bliss and changed their nature. The shining moon and stars, Teja, dimmed and appeared like water on earth. In the presence of the effulgence of Radha and Krishna's toenails, the moon and so on became as if without radiance. Rivers Water and rivers took the properties of fire and flowed upward. These astonishing things occurred as a result of Shri Radha Krishna's wonderful pastimes. And the phrase, Yatra Chi Saragom Risha, Yatra can be maybe interpreted as follows. Yatra means in Srimati Radharani. Chi Saraga may refer to Krishna's three potencies, Sri, Sri, Bhu, and Lila Shakti. His three abodes, Dwarka, Mathura, and Vrindavan, are the three classes of gopis in Vrindavan, friendly, neutral, and opposed to Srimati Radharani. Mrsha means irrelevant. That is, all these things, the Lord's potencies, abodes, and even the, the gopis of Vrindavan are insignificantly compared 
to the transcendent to the transcendental opulence, quality, and beauty of Srimati Radharani. Krishna does not need any of these three things to satisfy his transcendental desires, because all his desires can be fulfilled by by Srimati Radharani alone. The word Dimahi means I meditate on Sri Sri Radha Krishna. By their power and opulence, Sri Sri Radha and Krishna remain always sada, free, nirasta, from the illusory interferences offered by Radharani Gopi's rivals. These cannot obstruct Sri Radha Krishna's pastimes. The word satyam, eternal, in this verse should be understood to mean that Sri Sri Radha and Krishna are eternally situated in the highest perfection. They continuously relish transcendental bliss in their pastimes, and this condition never changes. The word param means that the unprecedented transcendental qualities, pastimes, and other features of Shishi Radha Krishna are superior to anything followed anywhere else. These super-excellent qualities and pastimes fill the entire universe with wonder. The flooding rivers of nectar of their transcendental qualities are the life of the devotees. Indeed, who would not become delighted by hearing the transcendental pastimes of their lotus feet? The charming sweetness of Shishi Radha Madhavas enhanced by their exchanges of pure, playful, dancing glances. That sweetness has anointed them with the greatest skill in delighting each other with the pastimes of Madhuri Ras, and that is that sweetness that has made them intoxicated with the fragrance of the nectarian love they bear for each other. May that sweetness of golden and blackish forms of Radha and Krishna continually overtake my thoughts. So you see this first verse, just scratching the surface, this Acharyas have given so many different explanations on this first verse. Uh, those are Jiva Goswamis. Uh, Tattva Sandarva. They said there's there's a book this thick. Mukundanath says there's a, like a 500 page book uh, on the first verse, uh, just commentaries. And therefore, when they say Bhakti Siddhanta spoke on it for uh, you know some places one month, some places three months every day, but it's like just it's a whole book. It's one verse. <laughs> And you see that this we did, just read two translations that were they were extremely different from the the first the general translation, and uh, and then Vishnat Chakravarti Thakur has like six different meanings he's given for it. And, um, so we'll go I think tomorrow we're going again on the same word. Actually, we'll cover Prabhupada's introduction. But then speak a little bit more on that first verse. We might be a few, a few days on this first verse. Yeah.